Good day and welcome back to Mind the Back Chat with me, George and Gabs. Giordano, I'll finish that off. That <laughs> that's, what, that's what you always do. But we didn't say your surname. We yeah, didn't but say we've Barrett. done it in the past. Oh, yeah. like, and me, I remember like first episode, it was like, and Gabs, Giordano. And you really mm. like played into it. So I was like, ah, oh, let's relive Bond, that moment. James. The name's, the na- the name's <laughs> James. James, <laughs> James John. <laughs> anyway. Having a strong. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Keep It Simple. It's been a while since we've done this, but we brought up and we're going to bring up a key topic today, which a lot of people ask about and a lot of people suffer with, which is problems with their knees. Mm. I mean, it's such a common thing now that it's becoming so trendy for people to go skiing. I think that's a huge kind of uh, sport that has been more generalized, especially in the UK. The more clients that I have, the more I sort of experience that they go, Oh yeah, this winter I'm going to go off and do some skiing and then they come back and they've got knee injuries. Very seasonal as well, so it'd be certain mm. points a year. But again, I think we see a lot of it with people who play football as well, very common, or rugby. Mm-hmm. Uh, very big impacts where the knee or the, the leg, so your tibia, has been pushed posteriorly, posteriorly snapping yeah. The, yeah. or tearing, straining the, a- the ACL, the or anterior. abrupt changes in your movement. Or abrupt changes in your movement, which if twisting and turning, that can have effects on your meniscus. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically the cartilage in your knee. Um, however, let's start with what we see most commonly in in clinic. And I think it's fair to say that when I say the word patella maltracking, people mm. may go, what is that or what does that entail? Can you enlighten us a little bit on what that entails? So what I understand about patella maltracking is when there is a... Um, unbalanced tension going on between the muscles on the outer part of your knee and the inner part of your knee to the point where essentially there's a change in tension and it's causing your patella which uh i forgot what the general word for it is what do people call it patella kneecap kneecap where it starts to swerve and yeah. it, it starts to go against where it's meant to track. Yeah. So instead of going beautifully in line towards the middle, because the outer part of your knee muscles and the inner part are perfectly aligned, yeah. it's actually moving towards the stronger side. Yes, which classically is the lateral side. And the muscle mm-hmm. that we're talking about is obviously the quadriceps muscle, yeah. which is made up of four muscles. Yeah. And the weaker muscles usually are the VMOs, yeah. our vastus medialis obliques. obliques. And... Um, the reason why it's all to do with the quadriceps muscles in a lot of cases of maltracking, in mo- well, there are other factors that play into patella maltracking, such as people having slightly different grooves in which the patella runs in. If it's slightly flatter, it's easier to be pulled left and right or off the midline, therefore causing discomfort. Because if the patella is pulled off of this groove, it's taken onto more of a bony surface than cartilage surface, causing discomfort or a clicking that some people may experience. Now, the reason why quads are so important, though, is because all four quadriceps muscles come down to attach onto the same tendon, also known as your patella tendon, and attaches over your patella, so attaches to the patella. So again, if there is imbalances there, it's going to affect the way that it moves. And this is something I actually see a ridiculous amount at the moment. I'd say about 90% of knees that I see are due to patella maltracking or patella femoral pain syndrome. Mm. There's so many different names for it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Because the etiology behind the pain itself can be due to so many different things that I I, I think different people have different names. And 
what I'm sort of assuming is that depending on whether you're a chiropractor or a physiotherapist or you're a sports therapist, you'll probably have a different name for it. Yeah. Very much like we say manipulations, right? Mm. But then you see a chiropractor and they say adjustment. But even in osteopathy, I've found like, so if my patients had to go over and see somebody else, I'm not there. Um, they'll look at my notes and go, what does PFPS mean? And I'll be telephomoral pain syndrome. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of that before. I was mm. like, and then I described it and they're like, oh, you mean this? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. So that thing. So yeah, so it's a difficult one. And again, that kind of issue with the knee, yeah, can sometimes result in some clicking when you straighten your leg out or if you're bending your knee. Um, it can lead to pain over the kneecap. Uh, can sometimes lead to some mild swelling, irritation after being on your feet for long periods of time. And yeah, a lot of times you'll find that there's weakness on what's called your VMOs, your vastus medialis oblique. So the muscles that are in the inside of your thigh. Um, so I guess in a way, how would you go about trying to fix, treat and rehab the patellar maltracking? So what I would simply do is number one, I would try and identify which muscle is actually causing the issue. This can be done by testing. So uh, there are different types of testing. You could do the Thomas test, which would uh, make you understand whether there is issues with the quadriceps. So instead of doing a Thomas test where you're looking at the hip flexors, mm. you're, lo you're looking at it more from a quadriceps point of view by looking at where the foot lies uh, in the angle between the femur and the tibia, okay. rather than the pelvis and the femur. Yeah. So that kind of indicates whether there's any sort of tension between the rectus femoris and uh, the other muscles. Then from there, you'll be looking at some sort of palpatory work, trying to look at whether there is uh, increase in tension around the VMO or versus lateralis. Um, then treatment would be anything between deep tissue work to METs, to articulations, normal stretching, PNF. Uh, so... Uh, well, I mean, he's kind of like a PNF in a way. Pretty you engage much. The mu so it's taking the muscle to a point of restriction, getting the person to engage the muscle. So they engage all fibers of the muscle. And then after holding that for about eight to 10 seconds, the person then relaxes the muscle. And in that split second of all the muscle relaxing, all the fibers will release and you can stretch it slightly further than it was able to go before. And repeating this process a couple of times continues to relax the muscle and is quite similar in ways to PNF stretching. So mm. with PNF stretching, you take it to a bind Mm -hmm. where you're stretching it as far as you can deep breath in deep breath yeah. out and you can stretch slightly further because you get that post asymmetric relaxation window where the muscles essentially just relax in that moment in time before you can get it to push beyond its limit nice word yeah you see uh, I like to sound a bit mitochondria what <laughs> like sound a bit photosynthesis yeah yeah, yeah it's part of the getting, same sort getting of, uh, smarter in here today <laughs> exactly we're big brain big big brain but a lot of the people i'm seeing present with it at the moment are those who have been going to the gym doing squats mm. maybe not engaging their glutes properly mm -hmm. so when i mean when people say you have weak tone in your glutes that's not to say your glutes are weak you're just not engaging them properly yeah so a lot of times you'll see this when people go into a squat, their knees will come inwards as you go mm -hmm. down into the squat mm -hmm. and when you push up. Therefore, your glutes being your hips external rotators aren't externally rotating, so you're not getting stabilization and it puts even incre it puts more increased pressure on the medial aspect of your knee and you're engaging more of your outer quads than the medial quad causing 
ton amount of tracking. And I think essentially, if you're someone that actually does a lot of squatting, you'll probably find that a lot more common than someone who does... And this uh, ain't house squatting. Nah. (laughs) Isolation work. Yeah. So when when you're not training the VMO and you're not training the rec fem adequately, what you'll tend to find is if someone's squatting two to three times a week compared to doing isolation work two to three times a week. Mm. I think then you start to find that uh, patella tracking is gonna be a lot more common in your life. Yeah. And it's simply because you're not training all four muscles adequately enough. Fair enough. You know, that just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Because in any kind of movement, there will always be one muscle that's slightly used more than others. Mm. Or if Mm. you're just training one, it's gonna target one specific muscle more. Yeah. And, And I think, rehab wise it's really just a matter of again once you've identified which muscle is weak strengthen it up yeah once you've identified which muscle is too strong loosen it up yeah. nice and easy right simple it's li- literally keeping Keep it, it simple. simple oh my yeah. god i love this yeah but... <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that's probably quite possibly the most common thing that we've seen. We've already alluded to it at the beginning of ACL injuries. Yeah, and I mean skiing is probably one. Skiing and football. I'd say skiing one hundred percent for knee injuries is like the above sort and beyond. of crucible of knee injuries. It's so funny if you're in the airport heading back from a ski resort, all you see is people on crutches or in wheelchairs just yeah. getting through the yeah. airport. And um, handing out my business card, like I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> I had a friend who went skiing, uh, and he, he said, "Oh, I'm, I'm a great skier. I've been skiing for years." Came back and he ruptured his medial meniscus, ACL, PCL, and VMO rupture after he he fell and then just started tumbling. And horrible it's just one thing after another have you been skiing never it's, it's i'm so scared now <laughs> it's really good fun but again yeah i did it when i was like 13 or 14 yeah never again yeah i yeah, go yeah. for like at pro ski like just drink mm-hmm. and nothing else mm-hmm. <laughs> but i would not I, c- I couldn't face going down a mountain anymore yeah it's like the same reason i stopped playing football i'm just too scared to get injured yeah i know me <laughs> i know like you're injury prone enough as it is <laughs> Oh, infraspinatus this time, everyone. Just yeah. keeping you updated. Honestly, I've been resting my biceps <laughs> because I strained that. <laughs> I rested it. And out of nowhere, I did nothing and my infraspinatus straight. I don't know what I do. Infraspinatus is one of your rotator cuff muscles in your shoulder, by the way. Yeah, so now we're stepping away from, from knees. Um, let's let's bring it back. So the anterior cruciate ligament. Cruciate lig- thank, thank you. Um, so you've got four main ligaments in your knee, your medial collateral, your lateral collateral, your posterior cruciate, and your anterior cruciate ligament. And the ACL is one people most hear of. If you watch football, you'll remember Zlatan Ibrahimovic injuring mm. his ACL and saying... And healing within nine months of the injury and being back, which is David Beckham, which is ridiculous. His was an Achilles tendon rupture. Oh yes, you're right. What was what was uh, so Michael Owens? Michael Owens was another ankle injury. Oh, I see. Uh, Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did his ACL years like back in the early 2000s mm. when surgery was terrible but Ibrahimovic recovered in nine months which that was is insane insane and when asked by a reporter like you know that's an crazy recovery how did you do it it's like oh lions God. no he said lions heal faster than men 
the guy the guy has an ego bigger than life yeah he's, it's weird though because he has such a big ego but you still love him yeah, yeah, yeah whereas yeah, most yeah, people yeah. who have an ego like that you're like oh you're such a no i just can't stand you you know why because he's consistent with it it's his personality isn't yeah it? and and you don't sort of feel as though he hides it or he tries to be two-faced about it yeah. it's just the way he is and he and he lives up to it on the pitch yeah 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 because realistically what i found is we we don't like people who have two faces but we love people who are just simply in your face with that character day in day out yeah. ricky gervais being one compared to james corden whoa yeah you, you got some real shots ready for james Corden. i remember it in the past as well <laughs> i wonder if he's done his acl but anyway so in acl there's three grades with most things anyway especially mm-hmm. with ligaments grade one partial grade two you've almost fully torn it mm. oh grade three it's complete tear and rupture you'll usually when you damage this ligament you'll hear a click or a pop you've had a straight impact or a over hyperextension of your knee um and this can be happening from landing on a fall landing badly if you're skiing or twisting and turning but the truth is there's such a low blood supply to the middle of the knee you're weight bearing it so much it's going to take a really long time to heal and Mm -hmm. nowadays they don't even necessarily offer you surgery if you fully ruptured it yeah because there's enough stability through training and the muscles that you can essentially just carry on as normal yeah i've got a mate from uni has no acls on both legs and his oh. legs are massive though that he walks around fine yeah on them. yeah yeah because sometimes the muscles can be so tight and so strong that they can be supportive enough of the knee and if you go have surgery then you've got to go right i've got to do all the recovery again mm. you've got to build up through that and then you and then that stability that you had from the muscles in your legs are pretty much useless then yeah so the key thing with an aca injury is obviously let it calm down get an idea of what's going on see what other tissues would be damaged so you probably need a scan for it to be honest mm, mm. to see how bad the acl yeah. is um but realistically from there it's just re-strengthening it build up your proprioception so your balance uh build up your cardio through the leg well through your body as a whole because you would have lost that uh and yeah build up strength for stability and also stretch the area to take pressure off the joint that's probably as much as you could do but yeah with regards to ligaments it's strength and proprioception pretty much because whenever we found with ligaments Uh, we've banged on about this especially with the ankles is that as soon as you've done any sort of strain or sprain one of the biggest things to be lost is proprioception same thing applies with the knee you build up that proprioception and it will start to build a lot better so you get scar tissue remodeling that is a lot more effective so what happens is instead of having incorrect scar tissue uh, structures you get them as close as possible to the previous structures that you had before depending on what movements you're recreating yeah Boom. Yeah, mic drop. Don't. These are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Put that mic down. Put that mic. Drop it. <laughs> Barp it. Twist it. Um. Pull it. <laughs> Sorry. Stop. Okay, so that's that's ACLs. As simple as it is, you'll get if you've done quite a large bit of damage, you'll get a lot of swelling within the joint as well. So it's a case of raising your leg. Mm. icing it calming it down but that's with most major injuries anyway. and i mean statistically 30 to 78 out of a hundred thousand people per year will get an acl injury oh that's a lot yeah that is crazy right that is nuts 30 to 78 out of a hundred thousand that is quite that is quite a lot 
Um, and yeah, they take a long time to recover. So by the time they've recovered, somebody else has had it done. Mm-hmm. Um, Surgeons but, be ripping it off. <laughs> but you know you've done a ligament injury as well when the, the knee joint feels like it's going to give way as well. That's a key sign. Loud pop when it happens. Instant pain. Mm. Knee feels like it's going to give way. Can't wait bear. All that kind of stuff. And the thing is, it will click oh, consistently. And also when it snaps the first time, it's a proper... It's a proper... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've had people who sort of say when they've had their ACL rupture... Uh, they would have done it in sport and they felt as though someone literally grabbed the racket so it was like a, a, a double team sport they grabbed a racket and just smacked them into the knee with it and that's the way they felt lovely yeah what a pleasure I know right um, amazing feeling <laughs> so that's ACLs we've done patellofemoral uh, strain mm-hmm. and now I think the other common thing that we see in the knees is osteoarthritis mm-hmm. yeah my partner says he doesn't degenerate, but you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we all do. He doesn't, apparently. You know, I have so many people tell me, come in and just say, just tell me it's not osteoarthritis. And I'm like, tough luck, Chuck. It is. Everything. I, I, but then I go on to try and support them by saying like, but I've got osteoarthritis. Yeah. I've got osteoarthritis. We've all got osteoarthritis. After the age of 25, most 18-year-olds will start developing osteoarthritis now. That's the statistic. My knee hurts right now as we're talking. My infraspinatus hurts right now as we're talking, but that's not osteoarthritis. Mm, that's called being lame syndrome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's probably the most common form of osteoarthritis. Yes. And why is that? Because we're putting so much strain on it. A lot of people love running. Um, and really, it, it's, it's a pretty shallow muscle. It's, it's, not, it's not that strong. Muscle. Sorry, joint. Cartilage. <laughs> yeah. Very small. Very yeah. small. Very shallow. Superficial. It's not like much little, padding. Li- two little cups to yeah. help the knee move. And even then, it hollows out near the middle to get nearer yeah. to bone. So realistically, when you're thinking of it from an anatomical point of view, there's not much in there to yeah. support you. And that the other crazy thing about osteoarthritis as well is like osteoarthritis is where you start to have the wear and tear, the breakdown of the cartilage. But because of the pressure that's constantly going through the knee, that wear and tear will never have a chance to recover that cartilage. So mm. it starts to lay down bone, hence its deterioration. So it can leave tears in the cartilage, which can be painful, yeah. lead to clicking, popping, catching, reduced range of movement. Yeah. But a lot of people opt for having their cartilage shaved. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the crazy thing is that in the US alone, one in four people have some form of osteoarthritis. And this is according to the CDC. Jeez. Yep. Well, I expect it to be more. Really? What, I some form of one osteoarthritis? One in four. At what age group? Because if if we're talking at age group, every hundred percent of the population, I will think have osteo- U.S. adults, hundred percent of osteopaths, hundred percent of osteopaths, hundred percent of people will have osteoarthritis by the age of twenty-five. Yeah, fact. Interesting. Because osteoarthritis is degeneration, but That's maybe it. diagnosed. Yeah. Di- okay. So diagnosed is different. So but if we're thinking theoretically. Yeah, indeed, because there is going to be the generation from the get-go of adulthood, especially when you're looking at uh, sort of the spine. Some some form of herniation would have occurred by the age of 18 to 24. But now the average age of getting a knee replacement is 45 to 50 now. Woo! 
where it's coming a lot lower because people have been doing more sports when they're younger mm. and being a lot more active on their knees, mm. therefore causing more wear and tear. Yeah. And this is coming from a leading knee surgeon mm. who was literally giving a speech on it. I was lucky enough to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, they're just saying it's more and more common. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's growing massively because the, the stat itself, so just giving you the number, one in four, that was 54 million. Yeah. But by 2040, they predict that it should be 78 million people in the wow. US with a form of osteoarthritis that has been diagnosed. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like there's a swarm of bees outside. It's just some guy using an axle grinder, but can't escape it. And it may not even come through on the podcast, to be honest. I'm hoping so. If it does, anyway, enjoy the buzzing, guys. Um, bzz, bzz. But yeah, uh, it's it's something that's incredibly common in a lot of cases. If you catch it early on and you get looked at early on, it can be hugely preventable mm. from getting mm-hmm. worse at a quicker mm-hmm. rate. And quite simply, much like the whole talk so far, through strengthening, stretching, proprioception. And you cannot reverse it. So would you say keep it? Yeah. Yeah. You cannot undo osteoarthritis. And I think that's no, why I, people I are scared of it. That, that's the main point. Because it's just a lot of people come to me and they'll go, I've got osteoarthritis. What can you do? And I'm like, number one, I cannot reverse it. Mm. I cannot reverse it. I can maybe reduce the pain. I can maybe help you. With the current inflammation that's there, I can help you with those things. I cannot reverse it. I can do preventative work to get it, make it slow it down a bit. But yeah, yeah, I can give you advice. That's basically mm-hmm. what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, I think we've answered this topic perfectly with one thing, which is keeping it simple. And keeping it simple would be proprioception, strength, strength work, and stretching. a little bit of manual therapy. Yeah, and also don't leave it until it's too late. Mm. If you start mm-hmm. to get an ache and it's kind of dull and it goes away and it's here or there, just get it checked out because the truth is your osteopath or whoever your manual therapist is will be able to give you a good idea of what's going on, what's causing the problems and how to prevent it. So if you want to be moving freely and you don't want a knee replacement or something when you're older, just get it checked out. We have tests for everything. We can check it out. But anyways, guys, have a great day. Best Have day. the best day. Yeah. And ciao for now. Ciao for now.